Hey listeners, Lex on the Decks here. Before you get stuck into this episode of Hot Girls, I wanted to let you know about something else you may be interested in. Though Hot Girls in its podcast format isn't releasing new episodes any longer, if you head over to my Substack, which is lexonthedecks.substack.com, you'll find more interviews and insight on gender minority artists and how to overcome any barriers to entry. You'll also get the opportunity to sign up to my weekly newsletter, Five Good Things. This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. This week, I'm joined by Kalpi, all the way from the Caribbean. Kalpi's a part of a group of West Indian musicians from the Caribbean who are reviving acknowledgement of a sound known as island pop. I've been a huge fan of not so much classic reggae, but reggae-influenced genres like dancehall, soca, and calypso for a really long time now. I love the celebration of carnival culture, and Kalpi's recent EP released, called Feel Good Playlist Volume 1, is a beautiful evolution of this music. He's also worked with London's very own Stefan Dunn. <laughs> He's a talented artist, but also a super grateful, humble, and just generally sound guy. We're going to talk about how he came to music from growing up in Trinidad and Tobago, and also what he learn about how to actually get that music heard if you enjoy this conversation please do give it a like or subscribe or even better tell a friend without further ado Calpi on the hot girls podcast let's go ladies gentlemen listen up you're listening to hot girls with lex on the deck it's fire we are fire from london for the world let's go in Kalpi, welcome hey. to the Hot Girls podcast. Up, it's great to have you here. For those people who are listening who might not be familiar with your music, um, could you just start by giving us a little intro into who you are, where you're from, and yeah. For sure. Um, so what's up, world? Hope everybody's doing good out there. I'm Kalpi. I'm an artist from Trinidad and Tobago, and I create a genre of music known as Chill Calypso, which is part of a bigger genre known as Island Pop. And basically, I use influences from back home like Calypso music and soca music, and I incorporate things like rock, pop, R&B, reggae, you know, whatever I feel like to be, to be honest, whatever I vibe to. And yeah, and I, that's my vibe. That's me. I've always been really, I've always really loved 
like island music and music that comes out of the Caribbean. And I think it's really cool the way that you fuse it with uh, different genres to give it that really global sound that your music has. I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about your background um, and how you actually got into music in the first place, like where it started to become a key part of your life and a part of, yeah, something you wanted to do professionally. So music has been a part of my life since the age of six. I started singing around the age of six. Um, and I started off in a genre known as Calypso music, which is part of a massive festival in Trinidad known as Carnival. The thing with Calypso is, you know, we'd speak about very political things or we'd speak about serious topics like the crime rates and what was going on in the country that year. And that's, that was my start in music. You know, my dad would write my Calypsos for me and then I'd go represent my primary school class in a Calypso competition. But that led me on to, you know, going and doing classical training in music festivals and being in musicals and doing that kind of music to then being in a band all through secondary school into my university days. And that band was kind of like the developmental stage for us because that's where I learned to play the guitar. It's where I started learning things like music production and film production and, you know, being a creative in general. Um, I'd say about... Six years ago is when I really, really knew, okay, yeah, being an artist is my profession. This is what I want as a career. And I really jumped into it full on, but I've been involved in music ever since. You know, it's never, I've never stopped it. So I've never forgotten about it. It's always been there. Yeah, it's always been a part of your life. Yeah. When did you release your first single or EP? When was that first kind of official moment? Um, so the first single I would have released would have been around 2017 and it's a song called No One. I did it in collaboration with one of my really good friends by the name of Tano, who's a producer back in Trinidad. And the interesting thing with that song is that this was both our start, you know, prior to that, we had no musical knowledge when it came to music production and um, vocals, songwriting, that kind of stuff. So we had no expectations, you know. We just did this thing, this project that we thought was cool and that we were vibing and we put it out. Again, no expectations. Um, and it worked. You know, people really liked it and liked what we were trying to do. They thought it was new and fresh. And that honestly gave both of us the confidence and the push to really be like, okay, cool. You know, we have something here and we could make this our profession if we were to really work hard and put our best foot forward. So, yeah. Uh, nice that you got to work in that early stage with someone that you really trusted and had a good relationship with. Um, one of the things that people often say, like when I talk to them about this, is that relationships is something that they kind of learn or a good advice that they'd give, some, give people coming into the industry, kind of find someone, find people that you trust and surround yourself with people that you trust. I imagine you've worked, you've learned, sorry, so much uh, since that initial release, what are some of the things that maybe stand out to you that you feel like right. you've learned um, as part of your journey in music? You know, it's crazy to think that I used to release music the way I did, you know, with no social campaign, no PR, no kind of help on those other channels that are so important. Um, <laughs> yeah, those bits that are kind of annoying, but they do actually matter a lot. That's all part of the growth. And I have made so many mistakes that have turned out to be lessons or because of the people that have been around me. You know, I've been blessed to have a manager guide me and show me where I've gone wrong and help me grow till this day. You know, I don't believe that you ever stop learning and I love to learn. That's something that I, I really take a lot of pride in. So I've been teaching myself even more guitar, trying to get better at that, trying to get better at music production, at music business, at every aspect that surrounds my craft because 
that's the only way to be the best version of myself, right? So, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And to be just a well-rounded uh, creative and professional. Do you vary who you work with now in terms of producers and different musicians? Or do you work consistently with the same people? You know, that actually varies because there are times where I have to work with 12 producers in a week. And then there have been times where I've been on my own for months, like over the pandemic, for example, by myself, just creating by myself. And I like them both, you know. Um, I think I've gotten kind of introverted over the years <laughs> as I've grown up. <laughs> same. But it's more about me being more protective of my energy and the and my environment. You know, I'm, I really respect that and I know how important that is. So when I don't get a good vibe or something doesn't connect with me, I trust my gut on those things. And that's something that I don't really play with anymore because of experiences in my life. Um, so I really listen to it. And because it's because music for me is very personal and very vulnerable, um, I have to be comfortable with somebody to be able to express those ideas as I want, you know? So because of that, I've gotten quite like guarded um, to who I allow into my space, but I'm also very open. And when I do connect, I connect, you know? So yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, I really understand that. Particularly if it really matters to you to tell stories through your music that are intimate and personal. Yeah, exactly. You need to feel safe in that yep. creative space. Um, and kind of connected to that, when it comes to actually releases, right. are you quite systematic with how you put music out? Like, um, do you, how far in, like, do you plan really far in advance? Or do you just find the songs and just get them out when they're ready? Um, you know, it's crazy how much I've learned from my first set of releases. I mean, naturally, but it's funny to think of how I wanted to release music, you know? It, it was very immediate. As soon as you have something that you're vibing and you like, you want to release it for the world to hear now. And to be fair, I'm still kind of like that. As in, I don't like to hold on to music for too long. I like to get out of the system, you know? Um, but now I know there's a plan that needs to be put in place. People need to be prepped. Your team needs to be prepped. So the radio pluggers need to know what they're doing. The PR team needs to know the scene. So we plan sometimes a year in advance. I know if I'm putting out an EP this year or some singles, we know. You know, and then choosing the music is a next creative process by itself. Like, I remember for Home, the EP, which is my first EP, we had to choose from a compilation of music and ideas from Sweden and then Trinidad. And all of those songs that I would have chosen are songs that I thought suited my artistry, songs that I thought sonically kind of um, worked with each other and complemented each other. Also, things that were experiences that were major in my life. So for instance, there's a song on there called Wherever You Are that I did with Tano and Jimmy October. And that's a very, very important song to me because on Home the EP, I got into a major accident shooting for a song called, shooting a music video for a song called Paramin High um, that almost took my life. And Wherever You Are was that song that kind of took me out from that dark place when I was trying to recover because that was, a, that was crazy for me, you know? So those are very, very important songs to me. And that's why I chose them. Wow. I love that song, uh, Wherever You Are. It has such a calming, hopeful energy. I oh, appreciate that. But obviously, I didn't know about that experience that you had. Do you right. mind sharing a little bit about your headspace or kind of self-talk at that time? And was it the process of writing the song that, that was healing for you or just kind of where you got to with it? Right. Um, so that song in particular, Wherever You Are, um, we had already... We had already written that song. It was already produced and finished, you know? Like, we were getting ready to shoot the music video fit. In fact, we had shot the music video and the accident happened the day after we shot that music video. But the thing is, while I was recovering, so I was literally 
in my bed all the time. I couldn't walk. I couldn't sing. Like I wasn't in the best states, right? So I wasn't even listening to music. I wasn't picking up my laptop. Nothing really appealed to me. But one day in particular, I had to listen to the mix for Wherever You Are because we were just getting ready to put this EP out. Um, so my team sent me the song and I'm listening to it. And while I'm listening to it, you know, I'm hearing the words and it's just reminding me that everything will get better. You know, even though things might be hard and things might be rough right now, it's going to get better and you're going to learn from this and you're going to get stronger from this, you know. So both processes, both processes in terms of writing the song and then hearing the song after going through this, this experience in my life, they were both kind of healing for me, you know, because whenever we write, um, it's important that we we say things that uh, that matter and that might inspire people, you know, because we make music that inspire ourselves, And that's the idea now, you know, we want to put music out there that gives people hope because that's what we look for in music. Music is medicine to us. Cool. And then, sorry, back to um, releases. So Feel Good Playlist Volume 1 and and kind of lockdown creativity, how has that influenced you? Feel Good Playlist Volume 1, that was a whole next experience by itself, you know. First lockdown in the UK, Trinidad's borders are closed. And now I'm trying to find new ways to finish music because I didn't know how to do everything on my own. Now I had to learn new crafts and remember how to use certain um, programs like Logic, Relearn Ableton, all these things, you know, Final Cut, so I could edit videos on my own. And then that EP as well, I got the opportunity to work with some Grammy-nominated producers and writers who helped me take everything up a notch, you know. I've, I've learned so much um, working on that EP because I really, really got to produce on there. And then people like Carla Marie Williams and Ye Gonzalez, Santiago Rodriguez, who I work with a lot now, um, they really, really helped raise the bar of the music and teach me skills. And the cool thing with working with people on this level is you stop overthinking. Prior to working with them, you know, I always used to think there's a right and a, there's a right way to do something is a wrong way. And music is subjective. You know, music is something that is opinions, you know. Nobody could tell you that that's the right way to do something. It's all about feel. It's all about vibe. So with every release, you know, I learn something new and I apply it. And that's why the music will keep staying fresh and new. Here for it. <laughs> oh, blessings. <laughs> You're creating a stage this year for South by Southwest called the Island Stage. Right, What right. was the spark that made you decide to work on this? And I was also wondering if you think it's important for artists to work in these kind of more behind-the-scene ways and spaces right. in things like, you know, stage curation. Okay. So this is actually the second time I've been invited to South by Southwest. Um, the only difference is it's online this time. But the first time I went, you know, I was represented on the world stage. And the world stage hosts all of the countries and genres that can't really be placed in a specific genre. And because of that, you know, it wasn't very specific. So that's where the thought and the idea of why not bring all of the Caribbean artists together and put them on one stage and let's call it the island stage. That's where that idea came out. And, you know, we went to South by Southwest with the idea, who loved the idea and committed to this being a year-round thing. So at some point, you know, there's going to be a physical stage dedicated to Caribbean music. And I think that's a big deal because it gives us the opportunity to showcase new genres from the from the islands, you know, genres incorporating calypso and reggae and dancehall and jazz and rock. And, you know, I think it's something really new and fresh and it's something that the world needs to hear and see because it's exciting for all of us. So blessings to South by Southwest for believing in Caribbean music and to all the people, even like yourself, who, you know, give us this platform to be able to talk about Caribbean music and what we have in store. 
blessings to you guys because you'll help push the entire movement forward. Yeah, movement that for sure is just going to keep growing more and more people hear that music. And that's how we have to look at things as a movement. So to answer your second question about artists doing these things behind the scenes, yes, I think it's extremely important because one, it helps us to find a new way outside of just working on the actual music. You know, these stages, these platforms, the industry, these are things to help the entire system work. So I really do think it's important for artists to educate themselves on the opportunities and and try and figure out new opportunities to push the craft forward for everybody because there's always strength in numbers. You've mentioned some of the variances of different genres that you listen to and that are coming out of the Caribbean and you obviously have quite a broad taste (laughs) and sounds have inspired your artistry. Are there any particular artists that you call out that you're really enjoying at the moment, that you're kind of enjoying the vibe that they're creating and would want other people to know about their music? You know, that's always such a tough question because I listen to so much music, so many different genres that I never really have like a favorite. Um, But as of recently, I've been listening to an artist by the name of Dominic Fike a lot because I love his new take on like rock music and bringing rap and trap into the music. As well as there's another artist um, called Santi who's from Nigeria. And I'm really inspired by what they're doing. They have a type of Afrobeats called Alte. And it's like really minimalistic drums and atmospheric tones, you know, bringing that rock influence in there as well. So yeah, (laughs) I find influence literally everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cool. I can hear that in your music as well. Uh, What do you think, just to pivot it slightly, what do you think are some good personal qualities that it helps to have in order to succeed in the industry? Because it's not the easiest industry to have success in. Right, right. In order to succeed in the music industry, I'd say a big one is going to be patience. And that's something that I try to remember as much as I could and remind myself because it's never easy. You know, we always want things to happen now and we want everything to work out. But it's a journey, you know, it's a, it's a journey of lessons that we have to continuously grow on. When the time is right, then it will all work out, you know. But not only patience, but consistency. And everything that you do, you have to put in that hard work and keep fighting to have that quality within the music, if music is what you're doing or whatever, you know. Um, besides that, I'd say having the ability to constantly open yourself up to learning. You know, a lot of the time we feel as though, yeah, we know the tools. We don't need to learn anything else. And the truth is, until the day you die, you're going to be learning lessons every single day. So keep your mind open towards that. And yeah, it's a matter of time. You know, be patient. Yeah, one of them, I don't know if you know too much about kind of Buddhism, but and I I follow it more as a kind of philosophy, I guess, than a religion. But there's this idea in Buddhism that's called like the six parameters. And one of them is patience as being kind of one of the Uh, qualities that you have to cultivate in yourself to like live a live a good life (laughs) and I always think about it because I also am not the most naturally patient person (laughs) but I always think as if you just kind of keep going normally you get there so yeah I love that fix on patience are there things that you find as well as that just elements of things that you found particularly challenging of the industry um, or of your life as an artist? 
Um, something I've definitely had to work on over the years is my confidence in myself. You know, it's something I still work on because we have these slip-ups where we compare our lives to everybody else's lives on social media. And the reminder is that we all have different journeys, our individual journeys where we will learn our individual lessons for our lives. And in our own time, all the blessings will come. You know what I mean? So it's a matter of just being conscious of those things. We will have slip-ups. You know, nobody is perfect, but... You are enough and you're doing enough and blessings to you because there's nobody else who can do what you're doing and handle the journey and the path that you're on. So keep doing your thing. It's so true and a really beautiful way to kind of round up this conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kalpi. Thank um, you. Thank you for having me. Where can people, if people are listening and they want to kind of follow and look you up, where can they find you? Are you active on the socials? So yeah, I am active on the socials, active enough. Um, and I am Kalpee, that's K-A-L-P-E-E, across all social platforms. So reach out. If you want to check the music out, go check it out. Yeah, man. Appreciate you all. The Island Stage, go check that out as well. I can't wait for you all to experience that show. But for now, guys, sending blessings and love your way. You all stay safe and take care of our mental, yeah? Boom. Yeah, and I'm going to echo that as the sun starts coming out in the UK, which it is doing now, whoop, whoop, just about really encourage people to just put some Calpi on. It's like the most wonderful way to welcome we in this new time. Um, I've been listening to hey, a lot of your music. You. I'm really enjoying it. And it's just getting me so ready for summer. So thank you so much, Calpi, for being a part of the show Lessons and sharing your journey blessing. with us. And thanks so much, guys, for listening. We will be back next week. We've got one more guest episode left, um, which is DJ Flight, who has had an insane career as a presenter and a DJ really was one of the founding people on BBC One Extra. So that's an incredible interview about legacy and kind of career change and development. So I really hope you guys enjoy that and stay safe, stay blessed. See you next week. What up, Lex? <laughs> 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 <